Welcome to episode 600 of the Entertainment 2.0 podcast brought to you by the digitalmediazone.com. I'm Josh Pollard. And I'm Richard Gunther, and this is the show that puts you in control of your favorite movies, music, shows, and games. Josh, happy anniversary. <laughs> well, that feels weird. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a crazy number, 600. But... Yeah, really not in any anything. It's uh, not tied to any year, but nope. six. 100 episodes is a pretty cool milestone, and I was thinking about this today. I think I've been around since 130 or 140-something, but I've probably missed a good 50 or 60 in there, so I <laughs> maybe I have about 400 under my belt. <laughs> 400 feels like 4,000. Yeah, Not no, at I'm all. <laughs> Not at all. I love doing this show. No, it's a whole lot of fun. If it weren't, we wouldn't still be doing it because it's not like we're getting rich off of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to do and it's fun to be engaging with the community. So that's why we keep doing it. So uh, we also do it for the engagement through listener feedback, but we don't have any of that for this week. That's okay. Uh, if you'd like to send us an email for a future episode, our email address is entertainment two zero at the digital media zone.com. Oh, I, I do. I do want to mention one thing. Last week, we asked to see a picture of what a living room or whatever room this is would look like with both a projector and a TV in it. And he did not disappoint. <laughs> no, he said... Three separate photos? And I think they were all like full surround, like, you know, the take the picture and go around the room thing. So you right. get this 360 immersion feel if you had the ability to look at it that way. But really, really amazing that he has all of that in that space. I was impressed. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, let's get into the news. Uh, we'll start like usual with some video news. And this time it comes from Roku. They've got a software update coming soon and some new hardware. So we'll start with the software update. And that is uh, the new version of the Roku OS. It's going to be version 11.5. And it has some interest, at least one feature that I think is pretty great. And uh, the rest are some things that I kind of figured Roku already had by now. But the, the coolest one is the one we're going to start with, I think. And they call it private listening mode, which makes it sound so fancy. It's not really that fancy, but it is really useful. And it's simply the ability to pair Bluetooth headphones with your Roku streaming device so that if other people in your house are trying to sleep or something like that, then you can still watch TV with headphones and do it fairly easily. Now, this feature doesn't work with every single Roku device that's out there. It is limited to the latest Roku Ultra, the Roku Stream Bar, and the Stream Bar Pro. Those last two are actually sound bars that have the Roku software 
running uh, in inside of them. So you just need this the the sound bar, not a sound bar and a separate Roku device. I think this is a cool feature, and it's kind of like the next logical step for them, since you may remember. I think there's. They're probably the only company I know that still does this. They have a version that has a remote that you can plug headphones into and your headphones are then over Bluetooth to through the remote getting audio. So this is just allowing certain devices to send it right to wireless headphones. I think this is really smart and I I would be surprised if we don't see them rolling this into more devices which are clearly already capable of bluetooth right yeah it seems like any device that has the remote that allows you to plug headphones into ought to be able to support this right but yeah i I, the only other device that i could think of that i know for sure had a remote like that is the nvidia shield but i don't know if the new ones do you know they've They've had a, a redesign of the hardware over the last few years, and I don't know if the new remotes have a headphone jack in them. And even if they do, people don't have as many sets of wired headphones laying around anymore. So this is definitely a, a, a nice step up for that type of functionality. The, the other two ways that you could do something like this are if you have an Xbox that you're using as your streaming device, the Xbox controllers also have a headphone port in them. So you can plug headphones in that way. And a lot of TVs now, a lot of the more modern TVs allow you to pair Bluetooth headphones directly with the TV. So there are some other options here if you don't have uh, one of these newer Roku devices. But if you do, this is a really nice option. And the, the Roku option is... I gotta, I gotta think that this is something that people are doing more frequently on bedroom TVs than they are in the living room, and I just feel like people are more likely to have, you know, just a Roku in a bedroom TV or something like that instead of, you know, a, a nicer brand new TV that has Bluetooth built in and stuff right. like that. Yeah, and and probably not a, an Xbox Series X in a bedroom or or something like that either. So uh, so that's the, the feature that I think is the coolest. They've also added uh, continue watching functionality right into the, the OS that supports Netflix and Paramount Plus and you know, lots of other streaming services uh, that have a, a continue watching feature. So you know, if you're on episode three of your series that you're watching, it'll show you watch season or episode four, or if you leave off in the middle of a movie or something like that, you can quickly jump right into it from the home screen. Uh, another new feature is a save list. It's it, it's bookmarks for <laughs> TV and movies. I'm kind of surprised that this one wasn't already there either, Right, but that's a, a nice thing to have when you're seeing ads or somebody says uh, something that you might want to watch, but you don't want to watch it right now, you can uh, save that on a list so that you can find it later. So that's always nice. And then the other one that's maybe the most questionable is a new feature called the buzz. Some people will like this. Some people will hate it, but it's a new section on the home screen that will show you trailers, interviews, and clips from other channels of 
mostly like related content to the things that it thinks you might like. And it will be tailored to be based on the channels that you're already following on Roku in theory. And there are some smarts that are going to be built into this. So it sounds like if you are watching the trailer for a movie that's available on one of these channels, then from the trailer, you could jump straight into watching that actual movie. So a little bit more useful than just clips and trailers, if it can get you to the to the real thing that you want to watch, maybe. Yeah, I, you know, these features feel like Roku trying to get in line with all of the other curators of content. Roku has its own channel and they have their own stuff to present, but I never felt like they ever did a very good job of trying to pull stuff together and be a hub for you to find content across the different providers. And this, these types of features seem like they're getting closer to that sort of thing, just like Google TV and Apple TV and those other services do now. Right. And even some of the smart TVs have this capability now too. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's it for the Roku software, but they also had hardware to announce, and that is a new subwoofer. It is just called the Roku uh, <laughs> the Roku Wireless Base. That's a really weird name, and that's why I stumbled on it because I almost wondered if I wrote it wrong in the notes because <laughs> it's it's a really dumb name, the Roku Wireless Base B A S S. Uh, but it's just kind of a weird name, but it kind of makes sense compared to the model that it's similar to. There is a Roku wireless base pro. So this is basically just a smaller version of the wireless subwoofer that they've already had. So this one has a five and a quarter inch subwoofer speaker inside of it. The pro has a 10 inch speaker. This one pumps out 120 Watts of power. The pro is 250 Watts of power. This one is compatible with the Roku Stream Bar, the Stream Bar Pro, the Smart Sound Bar, and Roku TV with wireless speakers. So I kind of assumed that all of these Roku wireless speakers just basically worked with all of the Roku devices, but apparently not, I guess. Or maybe it's just this one that doesn't work with everything. Don't know. Yeah. but. Price is definitely nice and entry level. It's $130 for this uh, Roku wireless base subwoofer. That's compared to the Pro, which is $180. When when we get to the other devices that we're going to talk about later, um, you're going to think, well, why not just pay the 50 bucks extra and get the bigger subwoofer? And maybe you should uh, just because it's definitely going to be better and 50 bucks for the bigger version isn't that much more. But uh, as a percentage of the total cost of these devices, it is considerably more. But there's also a bundle here that I think is pretty interesting. Uh, You can get the stream bar with the base. (laughs) It's hard to not sound dumb just talking about this thing. Get the stream bar with the base uh, uh, together for 250 bucks, where they're both individually $130. So you're saving 10 whole dollars by buying them together. But 
in my mind, you always want a subwoofer with your sound bar. So do that. <laughs> well, that's a great transition into our audio segment. I might argue that already started the argue uh, the uh, audio segment. And since we're talking about subwoofers, I'll see your cheap subwoofer and raise you by a couple hundred dollars. Sonos has finally announced the long-awaited and rumored Sub Mini that many had anticipated, largely because they found FCC filings, so we knew that this was coming out. But here we are now with a smaller, slightly less capable Mini, but I think people who are interested in Sonos and just couldn't bring themselves to spend $750 on the arguably ugly Sonos sub can maybe look at something a little bit more discreet and easier on the wallet. So the new specs are, this is about a foot tall and about nine inches in diameter. And yes, I said diameter. It's not a big rectangle with a hole in the middle. It's a cylinder with a hole in the middle. So imagine a cylinder standing on end, kind of like a trash can or an old Mac Pro, and <laughs> cut a big slit through the center of it, going clear through to the other side, about two inches wide. And just like the old subwoofer, this is designed basically to move air around. And um, you have two drivers. Just before, just like before, but they're smaller drivers. So they're six inch drivers instead of the old eight inch drivers. This is going to be compatible with any of the Sonos speakers and soundbars available, except for the portable ones. So you can't pair this, say, with a Move or with the, uh, I don't even remember what they call the small one that I bought, the Rome. The Rome, yeah. Yeah. But if you have any other surround setup or any soundbar setup with Sonos, you can hook it up with this. And um, the other limitation is that you can only have one of them in the system. The other one allowed you to have two subwoofers working together. This only allows you to have one working with your TV and, and audio system there. So now this doesn't preclude you from having more than one and having them in different rooms paired with other speakers. You can do that. You just can't have the two in the same room. So what's the bad news? Bad news is good news, actually. It's $430, which is way cheaper than $750. And it's available in black and white, and it's matte. It's not shiny, glossy, crazy piano black like the old one was. So it's just going to look a little bit more normal. <laughs> and it is available in a couple of weeks. It's going to start shipping on the 6th of October. And you can pre-order it now if you go to the Sonos website. I am so tempted by this, but I don't want anything arriving when I'm not home to be really heavy for like someone looking after a house to have to haul in. So I figure I'll wait until I get back, but and I'm definitely getting one. You have a Sonos soundbar already, right? I do. I have the Arc. Now the Arc 
does pretty well without a subwoofer, but I'm sure it's going to be a lot better. And the arc is the biggest one? Yes. Okay. And the beam is the smaller-ish one? Yes, correct. Okay. So I I think that Sonos would prefer that you get the the big sub to use with the arc. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I, I don't think that the... The bigger sub is ugly. I, I I get why why you think it is, but uh, but that price is seven fifty uh, on on a single sub is so much money. And yeah, I'm I'm really curious to hear this one because four hundred thirty dollars for a relatively small sub also seems like a lot of money. And I mean, we're used to to seeing higher prices on Sonos, but partly because. They sound really good, uh, uh, good enough to justify the price. I don't know. Uh, apparently, for some people, like like Richard, it is, and you certainly can't beat the 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 feature set that it gives you. The simplicity of the setup. I mean, it, you're it, it would be hard to beat an arc plus the regular sub uh, in terms of uh, simple setup and sound quality. I'm sure, but you're also looking at what. Uh, close to two thousand dollars in just that soundbar and the sub at that price, eh, fifteen hundred. But that's a lot of money. So, uh, it did. Did the price of this come in above or below your expectations? I expected it to be between four and five. Okay, so right in line. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a sweet spot for them. I think this is going to do honestly much better than their large sub does. I know many, many people with Sonos systems who have never bought the sub because it's so ridiculously expensive or because they don't find it attractive. Now, there is one caveat. Caveat's maybe not the right word, but our our friend Seth over at Home Tech FM reminded me that because this is round, you can't like slip it under furniture as easily. You could take the old one and lay it on its side and it was thin enough that you could slide it under some furniture. Hmm. Sometimes even like a chair or your sofa. And that was a nice way of hiding that one. This is not going to be so easy to hide unless you do the old trick of buying a big basket at cost plus and putting it on top of it. (laughs) I've never thought of that. That's kind of smart. Yeah. Huh? So do you, do you think that this is going to do better as a subwoofer for the sound bars? Or do you foresee a lot more people pairing these with like Sonos ones, you know, like a stereo pair of Sonos ones plus the subwoofer, Do people even do that much outside of? No, I don't even know if you can. Is that an option that they talked about? I would expect, well, it says compatible with all Sonos speakers. Yeah, that's an interesting interesting configuration. I don't know that I would do that. I think that this is most beneficial for home theater setups, but maybe. Well, do do you have a Sonos in your office? I do. I have two Play 5s. Oh, and my gosh. <laughs> they, as a stereo pair, and 
they sound amazing together. So yeah. I don't need a sub with those. But if you only had a Play 1 or, or a Play 3 or maybe, well, no, with a Play 5, you probably don't need uh, the sub. You definitely but, would not. But with yeah. two Play 3s, it would be nice to have a sub because the Play 3s are kind of hollow. So, hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, it's nice to see that it's finally here and that it's actually going to be shipping relatively soon. Uh, and, you know, perfect time of the year for for things like this. When everything else seems like it's getting delayed, we're actually getting the Sonos Sub Mini. Yep. So it's nice to see. Very excited. All right. Well, if Sonos just isn't your thing and you're just looking for a... Uh, more standard run-of-the-mill type subwoofer, or not subwoofer, uh, soundbar setup, although we're going to talk about subwoofers here too, then JBL just announced not one, not two, not three, but four new subwoofers that you can check out. Uh, they're, they're all just numbered now in, in fairly easy numbers. The, the top of the line model is the 1000, and then there's an 800, a 500, and a 300, the top of the line model, the 1000 is the most interesting. So that's where we're going to start. It is a 7.1.4 setup. So the 0.1 means it's got a sub, it's wireless, uh, and that's a 10 inch sub. The 0.4 at the end there means that it has up firing drivers for Atmos and DTSX spatial audio. And this version of in in this lineup of soundbars has two removable speakers so it's a fairly wide soundbar but if you've got the room behind your seating area then you can detach uh two speakers from the end of the soundbar and they're battery powered rear speakers that can be configured to to work as rear speakers wherever you want to put them and with this model those detachable rear speakers also have up-firing drivers to help enhance that uh, Atmos uh, height speaker uh, arrangement. So it is, well, I, I was going to say it's a true 7.1.4 setup, but it's not really. Uh, it, the, the 0.1 and the 0.4 are because those are discrete channels and speakers that, that are doing that. The other seven channels are all coming through that one uh, soundbar that you have at the front, and that's all using their technology for uh, attempting to recreate the experience of a surround sound environment. And here on this particular soundbar, they do that through uh, technology that they call multi-beam technology, uh, which is listening to the sound that it is producing and then bouncing sound off all of your walls to try to create a better, uh, more realistic surround sound experience. This soundbar also has technology that they call Pure Voice, which is just there to increase the vocal clarity. Think the center channel where you're getting all of the dialogue. It is there to, to keep the dialogue nice and clear instead of it getting all muddled in all of the other sound that's going on. So it's definitely the best of the soundbars that uh, JBL is launching here in this lineup, but it, it's going to cost you some more money. It's $1,150, which 
it's really pretty much in line. In fact, I think it's a little bit more competitive than some of the other top of the line, you know, full surround sound bars, especially with Atmos and uh, separate subs that we've talked about recently, like the ones from Sony and things like that. So for sure. Is, is this something that, that you would have considered if you wouldn't have just bought an arc or are you just so in entrenched in the Sonos ecosystem that it was always going to be an arc? Well, for me, I've been challenged by the environment that I'm in. So even this idea of removable speakers that you could put somewhere, I don't know where I would put them. So I don't feel like I could take advantage of that benefit. I'm also not entirely sure that's going to be all that ideal because when you tune an audio system, particularly one that does surround sound, it takes into consideration the angles and height and distance of each of those speakers. And does this mean that every time you move the rear speakers, you're going to have to go through some sort of sound check or something because that would be terrible well but how often are you going to move them well if they're battery powered apparently you're going to take them on and put them off sorry take them off and put them back on pretty regularly but aren't you probably just setting them on a table or a stand or something yeah maybe maybe i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah john in the chat saying just leave them be and that may be the best bet. Just leave them there and let them do their sound projection thing. And if it's good enough, and like I said last week, we've been in some demo booths where the simulated Atmos is amazing. So just let it do its thing. Yep. I'm, uh, and, and I've mentioned this before, my living room is, is similar. There isn't a place for me to put rear speakers. My Yep. The the way that it's arranged, my couch is right up against the wall, so not not any place for them to go. All right, well, the 800 series uh, in this new JBL lineup is a 5.1.2 setup, so it does still have the two detachable rears, but the 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 point two the upward firing speakers they're only in the front. This does still have the wireless sub, but it doesn't have the fancy. Uh, multi-beam technology, and none of the rest of these have the pure voice technology. And that one is going to be selling for $900 in October when it launches. The 500 series is a 5.1 setup, and it does not have detachable speakers at all. It's just the soundbar up front, plus it still has the wireless sub, but it does have multi-beam, but not pure voice. And that one is $650. And the bottom soundbar in this lineup is the 300. It is a 5.0 setup. So no wireless subwoofer, no detachable speakers. It does still have the multi-beam stuff. And that is $400. There's a lot of options here, but the... The 300 seems like I I don't know why you go for that as opposed to maybe the the Sonos Beam the the mid tier 
Sonos soundbar is only $30 more than this, I think. And I just <laughs> expect that it's going to sound better. And it's and it's more expandable. The the 500 seems okay uh, with it being 5.1, but 650 bucks for it seems kind of high for not, for not having Atmos, like not even fake Atmos, um, in in a six hundred fifty dollars soundbar in twenty twenty two, just seems like a non starter for me. And the the eight hundred, I I think that's that's probably a, a pretty good option for a lot of people. Um, but I do wonder what the lack of the multi beam technology is going to do to that sound experience and. If it doesn't have the the pure voice technology that the that the one thousand has, like when when I was reading a little bit about these, it sounds like the models that they replaced that didn't have pure voice were a little muddy for the vocals. So mm-hmm. I I don't want to drop nine hundred bucks on a sound bar if it's going to be hard to make out the the people talking. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I have a well the same TV that you have now. And that TV has that audio enhancement capability, I believe. Um, or is it my soundbar? It might be my soundbar. It might be the Sonos Arc that has it. I anyway, think the Arc does. Yeah. Something that I have has that capability. And it is really nice to have that. I was dubious at best of what the experience might be like. And in fact, there's a very, no pun intended, clear difference between having it on and not having it on, particularly if you're watching something that has a fair amount of background noise. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's when it's going to be the most noticeable for sure. So all right. A lot of sound bars and speakers and things uh, in, in the show tonight. Uh, but a lot of good options for you to be checking out if you're in the market for uh, a new soundbar for your TV. All right, so on to some gaming news. One really quick update we mentioned a few weeks ago that Xbox was testing Discord chat functionality on the Xbox, and it's available now to everybody, but it's still as complicated as it was uh, initially to set up, you you still have to uh, basically initiate the voice chat on another device and switch it to your Xbox and stuff. It just it sounds so complicated. Just use Xbox Party Chat. Tell your friends if they're on their PC, just use Xbox Party Chat or on a phone, whatever. I I just I I don't get this. Like just tell people to use Xbox Party Chat. All right, so that that's available now. Let's go on to the bigger news. So we've still been waiting to see uh, if the Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard is going to happen. It's a $69 billion acquisition attempt here. And there's a lot of concerns from antitrust people who are thinking that this is going to cause a monopoly. And unsurprisingly, Sony is the most upset about this. So last week, Phil Spencer, he's the head of Xbox, actually tweeted that all of the new Call of Duty games 
will be available on PlayStation for, in quote, several more years if the Activision Blizzard acquisition goes through. That uh, frankly surprised me a little bit because I could absolutely see Microsoft saying, yeah, screw you, Sony. Totally. You're, you're out. Like we didn't spend $69 billion for you to have call of duty on your platform, but it sounds like they're willing to play ball. Well, and they also clarified that they're not going to do like timed delay, timed exclusives or anything like that, that it would launch on PlayStation on the same day that it comes to Xbox. So that they're not really being jerks about this. I don't think it they're they're being more open than I expected. Well, Jim Ryan, CEO of PlayStation, who's kind of known for putting his foot in his mouth when he talks publicly, which is <laughs> probably not what you want out of your CEO, but that's the case here. He got a little upset and he also went online. First off, called out Phil Spencer for for even bringing this into the public forum. Thought that that was rude, I guess. And he said that this offer is inadequate. Inadequate, really. So uh, to to clarify, to, to just give you the, the full quote, because I, I think you need to know everything here. He says, Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. Yeah, no kidding, Jim Ryan. That's the way these acquisitions work. It, it, as if Sony isn't known for locking things up in exclusives. Right. Uh, it, here, here's a deal for you, Jim. Xbox will give you Call of Duty if you give Xbox Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're not going to do it, though, because that's just not the way Sony does things. Like, frankly kind of blew my mind that they even bought Bungie when Bungie said, uh, okay, you can buy us, but we're still publishing Destiny on Xbox and PC because Bungie left Microsoft because they wanted to publish everywhere. Uh, Sony, their history is of locking everything down. They have exclusive contracts on Call of Duty content. They lock their games down to their systems. They fought the hardest against supporting cross-platform multiplayer. It took Fortnite and Rocket League uh, before Sony finally allowed gamers to play with people on other systems and on PlayStation together. It, it's just the, the absurdity of the the Sony CEO saying, well, this just, it's not fair to our gamers. What what about our gamers? Well, what about the Xbox gamers? This is stupid. If if you want PlayStation gamers to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience, then you should have shelled out the $69 billion to buy Activision Blizzard. Or like get at the negotiating table and make an offer 
to Microsoft. What's it worth to you? Right. That's how these deals work. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the fact that he just expects that they should continue to support his platform because they have, it's, it, this is so annoying on so many levels. This, it, this is, you know, protect my business. It's not fair that you did something that hurts my business. That's how competition works <laughs> generally. And then the way he goes and whines about it publicly is, you know, just following this growing trend of airing your grievances publicly in a uh, not even uh, like hidden way, not, not, e not even, uh, I wouldn't even call this passive aggressive. This is just, you know, like all this, all the stuff you see everybody on the Hill throwing at each other. <laughs> right. right. This is ridiculous. Right. It's exactly what he's accusing Phil Spencer of when it's real obvious to anyone paying attention that Phil Spencer only put that statement out there so that the European regulators would go, okay, maybe it's not a complete monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, I, I really don't think that Phil Spencer was trying to start some Twitter battle with, with Jim Ryan here. I, he's just trying to get this acquisition passed through all of the different regulatory agencies around the world. I just hope it happens soon. Because if, if any of them actually put a stop to this, it's, it's just going to be such a farce. Like, it's not a, a monopoly. Like, it's a few games when there's literally thousands of games released every year. So, and Microsoft owning Call of Duty, even if they said, yeah, go pound sand, Sony, uh, it, they would still have it on Xbox and PC and cloud streaming. Like it'd be in plenty of places. That's more than we can say for Sony in pretty much any respect. So I, I want to stop giving updates on the bickering uh, about this acquisition and just be able to announce the acquisition is finally here. All right. You know, as I'm reading Steve Jobs and kind of reliving or remembering all of the drama that went on between tech companies as the PC and the Mac were kind of coming into being, I'm reminded of all the drama that goes on in the gaming industry. And there is a lot. I don't think it gets the kind of publicity that big names like Jobs and, and Gates and others have behind their histories. But man, a book about just like the inner fightings between like these companies, just Sony and Microsoft and Blizzard and EA and all of these companies posturing over the years would be a really interesting read. Yeah. And like if if you wanna if you wanna hear about companies that are doing truly dirty things to try and secure monopolies, yeah, go back and read about Microsoft in the nineties. They totally right. were doing that. Yep. That's not the case right now. That that's simply not what's happening here. Yes, some of the, the studios that they have purchased are are making exclusive games. And I'm on the record numerous times on this podcast as saying 
that's bad for gamers. I don't like it any more than than the PlayStation guys who aren't going to get to play the latest Bethesda games and stuff like that. But that's not what's happening here. So shut up and just let this acquisition go through so that I can have Call of Duty on Game Pass and never have to pay for it again. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters, really. Pretty much. Yeah. I just want Call of Duty for free. So let's move on to what's going on in our entertainment centers. All right. Well, a lot, actually, in the last week, watched a lot of television, watched the latest episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks. I am still catching up on The Boys. I am keeping up with Big Brother, catching up on The Orville, occasionally watching an episode of Bob Newhart. What We Do in the Shadows had their season finale for season four. It was so good. It was so good. Loved this season. We are continuing to watch The First Lady. I think I mentioned that we watched the first episode of Lord of the Rings, the series on Amazon. Yep. We have watched the second episode of that now. There's another one that we still have to watch. I really like this. I think this is going to be a very good series. And you can tell that they spent a fortune on it. It's, <laughs> it's very well done. We uh, watched a couple of movies. We watched Jurassic World again. A friend was over and hadn't seen the new one. And then in starting the new one, we learned that our friend hadn't even seen the first Jurassic World, only the Jurassic Park movies. So we're like, oh, no, 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 we got to go back. Because <laughs> so, you, you have to at least lay the foundation of why these people are there. And then I think you can just skip to the current movie. But uh, yeah, so we watched that. And then also watched Thor Love and Thunder. That's one of the movies that came out on Disney Plus Day. That's a day now for some reason. (laughs) It was last Thursday, I think. But we had a lot of cool new movies, and one of them was this. And this was so much fun. If you like the Thor movies, this was a fun, fun movie. So I do recommend it. And unsurprisingly, we've watched a lot, and I mean a lot of stuff about the queen and the royal family over the last few days. Uh, you're you're what's wrong. I was just complaining to Jen this morning that I am so tired of every other time my phone buzzes, I look at it and it's a notification from some news app or Twitter or Flipboard or whatever that's something about the queen. Or now the king, they're here. Or the royal Now family, they're there. Or whatever. Now and they're I taking your here. Don't care. I live in America. I do not care. I don't I, I don't need to be updated about where the coffin is and whether the prince the whatever the prince's wife's name is, whether she's allowed to go. Like I do not care. And I'm so sick of the updates. And this is probably going on for weeks more. Well, at least through <sighs> Next week, which is when the funeral will be, I believe, on Monday. But anyway, it's uh, it's interesting. We've always been interested in the royals, and Edward is particularly interested in European history. So this is kind of a big thing for him, and he's been watching a lot of the news shows and a lot of the retrospectives and stuff. So it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. I also managed to watch the Emmys. On Monday night, I think it was. And 
from that, there's two shows that I think I need to start watching. The White Lotus, which stole pretty much everything it was nominated for, and Abbott Elementary, which also did very well. I had never even heard of Abbott Elementary. It's an ABC show. Who watches ABC anymore? Well, I don't anyway. <laughs> so apparently, there's this really good comedy, not a sitcom, no laugh track, single camera job, fake documentary kind of thing. And I watched the first episode. It's so good. It mm. is so good, Josh. It's about an elementary school in inner city Philadelphia that's strapped for cash and the old guard of teachers who are kind of you know, old and crusty and burnt out and the new guard that's, that's uh, naive and energetic and, uh, <laughs> and it just watching everyone try to get along. It's really, really good. Hmm. So I am looking forward to watching more of this and I'm still listening to Steve Jobs. I think I'm about two fifths of the way through right now. That's it. Well, that's like, I don't know, 11 hours. Yeah, but you've been listening to it for like a month. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I listen to podcasts, right? Yeah. I only listen to audiobooks when I have no podcasts in my queue. You know, you're allowed to skip some podcasts. You don't nope, have don't to do listen that. to all of them. I don't do Except that. Except for Entertainment 2.0. Everybody needs to listen to every episode of that. Right. And I listen to that because if you're a podcaster, you should always listen to your own podcasts. Otherwise, they'll never get any better. I don't need your public shaming, Richard. <laughs> You're good enough at this. <laughs> I ought to be after 600 episodes. But I I, I do listen occasionally now. So, <laughs> you know, uh, just so I think, yeah, it was after we recorded last week. I, I went downstairs and I asked Jen if she was interested at all in watching Lord of the Rings because she did like the movies. And she's like, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. And I was really surprised by that. Today, I walked downstairs to go make my lunch. And she's like, I'm going to watch in this Lord of the Rings. I, <laughs> I, I read something that said, if you're really into know, something about high fantasy, blah, 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 uh, you'll probably like this. And I'm like, no kidding. It's Lord of the Rings. Like, that's what Lord of the Rings is. It is quintessential high fantasy stuff. That, isn't that what I said last week when you said no? Yeah, but that was you recommending it. That's true. I totally understand that phenomenon. Happens in my house all the time. Well, and maybe if, <laughs> because she knows that I'm not somebody who's typically into fantasy, then maybe if, if I'm the one who's kind of recommending it or saying that I'm interested in it, that that should be a sign that you shouldn't watch it because it's, I don't know, because why should you trust my opinion on fantasy? But or maybe it should be taken as a sign of, well, it's probably actually good enough that even this guy who doesn't like fantasy stuff all that much is interested in watching it. So we should definitely watch it. Or maybe she was just trying to save you from having to watch it. That could actually be part of it because she was going to watch it today without me. And I was like, no, you're going to have to wait for me now and we'll <laughs> watch it together. When? Well, not tonight because I'm podcasting. <laughs> Dang. You ruined everything. I do. I think that's literally what she said. You ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's me. I ruin everything. Uh, so I also don't watch anything, or at least I didn't in the last week. I, I have no TV or movies to to talk about. 
Yeah, I was going to say maybe football, but I don't even think I got an opportunity. Well, no, I did watch a little bit of football on Saturday, and that's it. Uh, Sunday, I was gone the whole day. Um, and Saturday, we were celebrating Mid-Autumn Festival, so not a lot of TV watching going on in my, well, at least for me. I did start playing a new game, though. It's not just hockey. Uh, <laughs> Grid Legends came to Xbox Game Pass through EA Play. This is an EA-published game. and. This is at least the third or fourth game in the Grid series of racing games. Grid kind of straddles this line, uh, at least it has previously, kind of in between arcade and sim. Like, it's realistic enough to make it interesting to somebody like me, but also arcadey enough that you don't have to, like, spend hours and hours trying to get good at this thing. And with Grid Legends, they actually integrated a story into it. And so you go and you do a race and then there's like some cuts and cutscenes doesn't really do it justice because they're actually filmed shows it, it, like they're doing like recording a documentary of the racing league throughout the season. And it's really well done. I think at least for a video game, it's pretty well done. So I've really enjoyed playing Grid Legends. So if you're into racing games at all and have Xbox Game Pass, then go and check out Grid Legends. And I think you're probably going to like it a whole lot. And then I also, I finished my audiobook, Richard. I, I was reading Damascus Station by David McCloskey. If you're into modern spy dramas, it's a really good story. I enjoyed it a lot, uh, obviously mostly takes place in Syria. Uh, it's it's a good story. I really liked it. This is fairly recent. I think so. I, I think within the last couple of years. I think this was just recommended to me in Audible, which just seems really freaky that we had just talked about it. So. <laughs> Audible, owned by Amazon, the voice assistant in your house that's always listening to you? Not in my house. And no, it's not. <laughs> I know, but it's fun to to feed the conspiracy theories. <laughs> I thought you did have echoes. No, we uh, we switched when we moved. We are now a Siri household. Mm, okay, the the less functional one. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for what uh, we've got going on in our entertainment centers and for the show this week. Uh, we will not be here next week. Uh, Richard's going on vacation and I've got business travel. So definitely no show next week and probably no Richard for a couple of weeks ish in yep. there uh, because of him uh, going on vacation for a while. So Make, might make it difficult. So uh, I I will be back. Maybe we'll have some other guest host. Maybe we'll get that guy from the woodworking show so that you can't tell who's talking, uh, whether it's me or that guest, because <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious. Uh, but we always love getting your feedback, and there are a lot of ways that you can send it to us. We're on Twitter. Richard is at Richard Gunther. I'm at Josh Pollard, and the website is at DigiMediaZone. All the rest of our contact information is over at the website, www.thedigitalmediazone.com. And while you're there checking out the great show notes that have links to everything that we talked about tonight, you can also 
find rich well one of richard's many other podcasts but the other one that he does for the dmz called home on richard what's going on with home on yeah, I'm currently working on editing the show that I did with uh, HomeKit developer Matt Corey. It was a great conversation, and I'm looking forward to getting that out, hopefully before the end of the week, but I'm also packing this week, so we'll see. It'll, you got to get it out. Got to do it. Well, I will get it out. I absolutely <laughs> will get it out. So it it just may not be as quick as I'm hoping. Yeah. We'll see. Okay, so after 600 episodes, we get a week off. So we'll be back in, in two, or at least I'll be back in a couple of weeks and probably doing the show live normally Tuesday nights around 8.30 p.m. Eastern. But follow us on Twitter to know for sure when the live show is happening. There's a chat room. You get a video experience. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you get to suggest uh, fun show titles like Anthony just did in the chat and contribute in many other fun ways. All right, well, that's going to do it for episode 600. He's Richard Gunther, and I'm Josh Pollard. Thanks for listening to Entertainment 2.0. Adios. Goodbye.